Good morning, friends, and welcome to Hamburglore, the show where we explore the weird characters in history that's used to sell you food and other garbage. I'm your host, Cam Koenig. And I'm your host, Nathan Brandt. And today we're joined by the editor-in-chief of But Why Though, Kate Sanchez. Kate, how is it going? Hi! It's as good as I can be in 2020. Right. God, that's, <laughs> oh, God, that's really real. That's always the answer, right? It's like, I always feel bad for being like, uh, you know, when I'm at Target and they ask how I'm doing, it's like, I'm at Target with a face mask on, man. What do you think? Every time someone's like, how you doing? I just lie. I'm just like, I'm fine. I'm good. <laughs> bad, you know? but thanks for asking. Thank you. Right. So, Kate, something that we ask everybody on this show uh, when they come on is one simple question. What is your favorite fast food item? French fries is my favorite food because a potato is extremely versatile, but French fries taste very, very different. I don't like crinkly cut fries. They're too mm, thick. Okay. I enjoy wedges if they are spiced correctly. So KFC wedges. Yeah. Hella yeah. good. Um, yeah, Wendy's good. fries with their new sea salt. Kind of weird, but not bad. Way better than what they used to have. Whataburger fries are glorious. That's what I was going to say. You're, you're in Texas, so like <laughs> yep. I knew you were going to bring that up. And Chicken Express fries are these weird puffy clouds mm. of potato that have like a batter almost kind of on them. Okay. And they don't reheat well, but that's why you just shove them all in your face when you get Great. them. Great. Exactly. Wow, that so, sounds fucking good. I, I have some bad news, at least for my area the KFC doesn't do wedges anymore. No! So if fuck, dude. Like, ca- like, everybody listening, casually go on your, like, DoorDash app or your whatever app and try to see if they have it in there because uh, my girlfriend ordered us KFC or ordered herself KFC and was like, do you want, like, wedges or, or whatever? And I was like, yeah, sure. And she's like, they have fries. I was like, what do you mean they have fries? <laughs> uh, well, speaking of French fries, today we are talking about Betty Crocker. (laughs) So I I did a little bit of research on Betty Crocker. Uh, I I picked this one because I just like did a quick glance at a lot of big corporate food personalities. And this is one that, you know, you kind of see everywhere. It's kind of like a weird long stay in like American history. The first thing that I noticed on the Wikipedia page was that Betty Crocker has been portrayed by multiple people and i wanted to kind of get to the bottom of that yeah it's um, it's like a mavis beacon thing where you're like totally they're not a, they're not a person they're they're a, they're an entity <laughs> yeah so betty crocker aka the first lady of food as she is called okay um i want to be the first lady of food <laughs> I, I hereby dub thee the first lady of yes food. <laughs> <laughs> betty crocker eat your heart out yeah. um, uh, so she was actually created in like 1921 general mills they they ran a contest in like the saturday evening post to get some like flower sack shaped thing i assumed it was for name our like mascot thing right. or whatever but they received like thousands more responses than they originally intended <laughs> but also a lot of those responses were just like hey how do, do you have any like baking tips or can you help me cook better and oh. so what they did was they came up with the name betty crocker because crocker was like the last name of a director at the company some dude and betty was like that like motherly kind of name so they just kind of put that together and just started having any letters that were responded to because of that 
were signed Betty Crocker because I wanted it to feel a little bit more personal. Like whenever they like down to the signatures, they actually had like women at the company there were like encouraged to like try and come up with a Betty Crocker signature to see which one felt the most distinct. I love this. Yeah, <laughs> like it's really, really interesting to me that like instead of just being faceless company, they're like, let's at least, you know, kind of lie to them, you know? But yeah, it's 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 interesting. You're like they they wanted to make it more personal. But once you learn that she's not a person, it becomes right. way less personal. Right. That's just like Mike typing up like how to cook good. So, like, the way I'm thinking about it, I actually think it's kind of adorable because it's yeah, like, yeah. oh, we could have thrown out all of these things that aren't yeah. actually answering what our call is. But I'm going to choose whatever homemaker name will make you feel better and feel like yeah. this is legitimate and give you a response to your letter that literally has nothing to do with what I asked you to send me. Whoever decided that was the first social media manager was exactly. like, I can't, I can't yeah. tell them no, I have to be nice and respond to them. <laughs> I kind of got like a lot of that same feeling looking through a lot of this history here. Like a lot of it is kind of like surprisingly wholesome in a way that I did not expect from you know, fucking General Mills. Yeah, we don't get that a lot on this show. Totally. Like, it's like weirdly adorable. <laughs> we must create a Betty where there was none. So they, they eventually, like, as this kind of caught on and they started leaning into this a little bit more as a brand, they, they ended up, like, bringing on somebody who was, I think, already in the company at the time in their, like, home services department, I think is what they called it. And uh, her name was like Marjorie Husted. She was like the radio voice for Betty Crocker. So Betty Crocker oh. actually had like a radio program, um, which was basically a cooking show, which is like kind of interesting thinking back, like that there was a cooking show that was like just a radio program. A lot of programming on these radio shows were the gold medal flower home service talks, which eventually became the Betty Crocker cooking school of the air of the air <laughs> of the air, which is a great name. Um, I love and, it. Yeah. And it was just this cooking show where you would listen to and cook a recipe along with Marjorie, basically, quote, Betty Crocker, who like yeah. introduced herself as Betty Crocker. And you basically would follow this recipe along with her and like she would like talk about it. And it was this weird, neat, hey, we're just going to help you cook better and learn how to do these fun, cool recipes and all of that stuff. And at this point, General Mills straight up was just like Betty Crocker is a real person. <laughs> they they were like kind of tripling down on this it's the um, it's the exact opposite of trying to cover up a murder you're trying to cover it, up yeah. a fake person totally oh um God. like they didn't want it to get out because they thought it was you know you know like completely harm their brand which i think it probably would have right betty as a name like it became kind of like her personality where do, oh where does God. marjorie end and betty begin <laughs> right when people visited general mills she would be introduced as betty crocker like, as the actual employee that worked for them. Okay. Like, that was her identity. Amazing. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. Part of me, like, yes, faceless corporation pulling the wolves over somebody's eyes. But also, I also feel like this is like a Three Stooges type situation where they just keep going <laughs> further and further. And they're like, we're too far in now. Yeah, we totally. have Marjorie in. She loves being Betty. Marjorie thinks that she's Betty. <laughs> yeah. So you get into like 1936. And they decided to actually like put a face to the name Betty Crocker. They ended up commissioning uh, this artist, uh, Nisa McMain. What they did was they made a composite of 
multiple like women who like worked in the home service department at General Mills to try and like come up with the most motherly woman figure possible. Poor Marjorie. People <laughs> met Marjorie and thought right. she was funny. <laughs> right. And you get into that a little bit later. They used that picture for 20 years, too. They occasionally would, like, update it as, like, society progressed. You'd get to, like, a little bit more of, like, some of the more or some of the later uh, Betty Crocker. Regenerations. (laughs) Yeah, basically, it's like a Doctor Who thing. Um, You get into, like, okay, well, this one was this woman loves to bake and loves to teach people how to bake, but also can, like, handle herself in, like, a boardroom meeting or something like that. They, like. Went for that kind of, like, progressive, powerful white woman feel. I'm looking at them. The image from 1965 totally Mm. owns her own company. 100%. Yeah. And that was, like, the reason they did that. They were trying to kind of, like, get in on that, like, kind of pro-woman movement. But I will say, but all of these are fake. Like, all of these portraits are fake. None of them are actual people. They are composites of multiple people painted by artists. It's completely crazy because... Like, I I bet at least a couple people in history have just been thinking, like, Betty Crocker's been alive for a long time, huh? (laughs) You know, just, like, having that thought to themselves as they're making, like, super moist devil's food cake or whatever the fuck. So in 1949, it gets a little bit more complicated because they have all these portraits, but they have an actress who starts portraying her on television. Which is just weird. In 1945, Fortune magazine ran this article straight up fucking. It was like this big expose calling them out for being like, she's a fucking fake. Like, how did you all not figure this out? It it didn't really seem to affect anybody in any way. I like the cake, so whatever. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) She tells me how to make moist cake. It's exactly. They were they were bought into the the identity. It was like this very secure feeling. It was this like comforting almost like ideal American person in a way. Sure. Yeah. I feel like it would also have to do with just like the type of loyalty they brought by like putting sure. somebody essentially in your home nonstop. Totally. Answering your questions nonstop. It's like, mm-hmm. like my mom only buys Betty Crocker like <laughs> cake mix because she says it's better than everything else. I'm like, mom, totally. have you tried anything else? No, but it's Betty exactly. Crocker. Exactly, yeah. I want to buy the cake mix from the lady that looks like Nancy Reagan for 90 years. (laughs) (laughs) Nancy can make a moist cake. (laughs) It's it's wild to think about. So, like, there was this, like, poll that went around uh, around the time of the uh, FDR presidency. And, like, like the first lady then was the most recognizable woman in America. And number two is Betty Crocker. Like, she is, like, damn, like, considered to be still, like, one of the most recognizable, like, names on the planet, which is fucking wild back whenever they were doing the radio stuff no joke they got like thousands of letters a day from people with like questions about (laughs) cooking and stuff like that and also lots of marriage proposals from dudes (laughs) just a ton of course the original waifu betty crocker (laughs) yeah they're just like trying to fucking slide into betty's dms betty crocker was the blueprint i want to know if any of those were preserved i want to know like why people wanted to marry her general mills has like an archive of a lot of their stuff because they've been around for so fucking long and they're like yeah it, it it's it's interesting like a lot of their branding and a lot of their stuff that they've done is almost like 
deeply ingrained in American history to where it is like almost as important as a museum for some of these things. When we think about like how companies build themselves as brands now, it's very much about responding to what people want and then maintaining that like that like that finger on the pulse of like what will keep people with you. And like they were doing that in the twenties by making up <laughs> fake women. Yeah, yeah. Usually like, it's the other way around too, right? Like usually, <laughs> usually it's like, um, is this anything, everyone? And yeah. people are like, exactly. yes or no. But this is just like they, the people already had an idea. The people summoned up this, this, this person, Betty Crocker, the original right. waifu, and cooking Vocaloid. A couple of other things to like kind of go over here to like wrap up. Um, they were actually one of the first brands that were ever on television. They've, they've obviously been around for a minute, um, but they were like one of the first ones to be on television. One of the like kind of uh, first brands to have like a color TV commercial, which is pretty cool. Oh, wow. I mean, they use that to show off like a different colored cake, which is a neat thing. They actually never officially came out and said that she wasn't real until 2016. <laughs> what? Yeah. That was, I was like, okay, <laughs> all right. Did they have like a press conference and it's just, it's like the opposite of I am Iron Man. It's like, no one is Betty Crocker. It, it was for like the 150th anniversary of General Mills. Uh, they just like had an interview with like a local Minnesota like station, like a CBS affiliate. And basically he was just like, yeah, she's not real. She's never been real. I'm like, wow. Okay. <laughs> Shit. Um, but like, I'm kind of into that. Um, I, I kind of like I, I'm really into the idea of like this, like Betty Crocker just being this kind of like idea as opposed to a person, because it's a lot easier. <laughs> She's Batman now. <laughs> <laughs> Anyone can wear the Betty Crocker. The dark chocolate right. night. Yeah. <laughs> Anyone can wield the spoon. <laughs> you um, can wield the spoon. <laughs> but like the idea of, OK, well, not every person in America who is into baking is a white woman, you know, like yeah. the fact that. You can just like, okay, Betty Crocker is just this idea means like anybody can relate to that. And I think that's fucking awesome. Um, And I think they're like kind of leaning into that a little bit more. Like they're definitely trying to be a little bit more like on the edge and like progressive circles and stuff. Like they're trying to be proactive about that stuff. Um, Like in 2014, whenever like same sex marriage was being legalized, they straight up just baked a fuckload of free cakes for anybody getting married, which is fucking cool. Well, That's hell yeah. Awesome. Shit, yeah. All right. So, like, I guess we stand Betty Crocker. Betty yeah. Bang, I, yeah. <laughs> I was, like, pleasantly surprised by this. I'm like, oh, this is going to lead to some shit. But I'm like, no, Betty, Betty's all right. They, they lean into the fact of Betty Crocker as this, like, motherly icon who just loves everyone, which is great. <laughs> Like, that's fucking awesome. That's completely wild because spoilers in the next segment, I'm going to talk about how I think Mr. Peanut is an elder god. But like this this segment (laughs) is just like this person is fake, but it's it's like anyone can wear the mask sort of a thing like you were saying. I was like hoping for my thing to be a little bit funnier, but like I'm honestly like feeling really good about this. Yeah, I know. I'm going to go buy Betty Crocker stuff now. (laughs) I want to make a cake. Yeah, we we need that sponsorship. all All of their cookbooks are like, hey, here's how to like learn here's how to learn to like cook stuff from scratch they're focused on like you just learning how to cook and i think that's fucking cool we're gonna take a quick break we'll be right back and get into what fresh hell nate has for us today so (laughs) we'll be right back All right, we are back. Uh, Nate, go ahead and uncrack what you've discovered today. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) My book report today is on Mr. Peanut, The Undying. Good. 
I'm into this already. <laughs> he was quote unquote born in 1916. And it's wild, like spoilers for the entire segment here. Uh, we normally like jokingly get into like, oh, like, you know, Kool-Aid man is is like a magic wizard or whatever. Um, this one has like actual elements of like arcane mystery to it. Cool. The first being that we don't know where he came from. And that's not a goof. <laughs> okay. We literally don't know who created him due to multiple artists alleging peanut parentage. Uh, thus, there is no defined origin of this being, which is fucking crazy. <laughs> <laughs> most most websites you'll go to for like, you know, Mc Ronald McDonald or whatever, there will be like, they were created in this by this artist and whatever. Mm -hmm. And on the Wikipedia, it's like, these three people say they created him. <laughs> it's like, oh shit. <laughs> they just sprang from somebody's forehead like fucking Zeus or whatever the hell. But what we do know is that he is British, if the spats didn't already tip you off to that. Uh, and his full actual name is Bartholomew Richard Fitzgerald Smythe. Oh, I hate that. I hate that so much. He has a hyphenated last name. There's like a marriage or a divorce scenario there. I hate all of it. <laughs> Bart Dick Fitz is his name. <laughs> um, this is apropos of nothing, but in, two, in 2006, Planters conducted an online contest to determine whether to add a bow tie, cufflinks, or a pocket watch to Mr. Peanut. The public voted for no change, which is, you know, there's a metaphor there somewhere. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh my God. In 2011, this is another just kind of random fact before I get into like the, the book of the undead shit here. Um, in 2011, Mr. Peanut's stunt double named Peanut Butter Doug was introduced <laughs> to tie in with the Planters Peanut Butter launch. So this is it's kind of random, but it does establish that like Mr. Peanut is like he's not alone. He's not like the last mm. of his kind or something like that. There's All Peanut right. Butter Doug. <laughs> I would like to know what Peanut Butter Doug is because yeah. Peanut Butter is just smushed peanut. I don't like this. Yeah, it's yeah. like if my name was like Smashed Person Brant. Like, that's wild. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> my name is Brant like... Butter. I, I hate that. Shut um, the fuck up. <laughs> he used to be a silent character or at least uh, uh, an, an entity whose utterings could not be understood by mortal ears, um, lest mm -hmm. our minds collapse. Sort of like, mm -hmm. like, you know, the one true God or whatever. Sure. Uh, however, he was voiced by Bill Hader and Robert Downey Jr. What? Yeah. Before becoming silent once more. Fucking what? Perhaps to prepare for what is to come. Yeah, I, I looked it up. I was like, are you fucking kidding me? Robert Downey Jr. <laughs> was this peanut monocle man? What the fuck? Okay, hold on. I do yeah. want to circle back to Peanut Butter Doug. Why is he injured? <laughs> <laughs> is it because they tried to squish him? He's the stunt double to Mr. Peanut. So oh, yeah, like, okay, sorry. That's right. He, um, oh, so no, I, that makes sense because they, they put him in the squish. Oh, them. no, yeah. that's <laughs> fucked up. This Planters, is... what the fuck? I know, I know, I know. It's like completely okay. wild. Peanut butter Doug. Hopefully he's out there somewhere. Maybe there's baby Doug somewhere. Oh. <laughs> you know, with Robert Downey Jr. and Bill Hader, uh, not only does he have star power, but he also has the power of immortality. And this is what we are here to discuss today. In January of this year, in what we would soon learn was an ill omen of things to come, Planters put out a teaser for their Super Bowl ad, wherein career-supporting actor Matt Walsh and Blade himself, Wesley Snipes, were on a road trip in the Nutmobile with Mr. Peanut. Disaster struck as an armadillo lay in their path. They swerved, causing the three of them to fall out, as well as a bunch of Planters products that they just had to like <laughs> put not? in the camera as they fell. Yeah, fuck it. So then they found themselves uh, clutching a sickly branch in order to survive. 
um, falling off of this cliff. As the branch begin to give way, Bartholomew Richard Fitzgerald Smythe elected to let go and sacrifice himself, falling to the nutmobile as he and it took one final trip, that of one to the afterlife, because it fucking exploded. <laughs> God, like the the most the worst part about that is that was January of this year. Yup, it definitely feels like it was ninety years ago. The worst part about that is that none of this is made up. This is I not know. hyperbolic. That's, this that's, is an actual play by yeah. play of this damn ad. I have been thinking about Mr. Peanut for the past couple months as we've been getting this show ready, and yeah. as I was typing up the the report today, I'm like, I can't believe that this is what I'm doing with my Saturday I, like, afternoon. I don't, I don't think I can stress enough to anybody listening to the show how fucking excited Nate was to talk about Mr. Peanut today. <laughs> so I'm just going to let him go. <laughs> Mr. Peanut's funeral was attended by Mr. Clean, who wore white to a funeral, which is crazy. Yeah. <laughs> um, the Wienermobile was there, and so was the Kool-Aid man, whose tears mixed with uh, soil and sunlight to create the basis for new life, thus begat Baby Nut. Uh, basically, this is like a sort of vapid attempt to acquire social media attention by becoming one of those. I'm a brand, but I speak in first person and present as a real and very yeah, hip person brand Twitter boy. account that makes me closer to death every time I see it. <laughs> um, Baby Nut himself was born with a hat and the ability to speak both dolphin and English. If you watch the uh, commercial where he unveils himself, he speaks dolphin first and then says, just kidding. I'm back. We try to comedically bring in like the occult and stuff like that uh, into the lore of the mascots. But this time it is, I think, explicit um, <laughs> from his Twitter after emerging. <clears throat> Hello, I've got some exciting updates to share. First, for those that have asked, am I Mr. Peanut? Long story short, when a nut like me completes its life cycle, our spirit moves to another shell. So this is the same consciousness, just in a new shell. I hate this. I hate this so much. It's also wild that an armadillo-based automotive accident and subsequent sacrifice and explosion constitutes a portion of the nut life cycle, but who am I to presume the ways of beings that are greater than I? On the subject of those death ads and like the funeral ad and all that sort of shit, uh, an ad spokesperson for Planters stated that death could connect with viewers and potential customers. So what I posit today is that based on the on this statement and the fact that Baby Nut was born from tears at a solemn gathering, the entity that we perceive as Mr. Peanut in all his forms feeds on grief the way that Pennywise feeds on fear. Oh, God. Um, oh, this hurts. <laughs> we are all but playthings in Mr. Peanut's bowl oh, of mixed God. nuts. At first, I was like, oh, he's just saying that this was a sign of things to come because, oh, yeah, this ad was really bad. But now I'm like, oh, my God, no, they're making this happen. Exactly. And the fucking Kool-Aid man was in on it. Well, and speaking of which, later on, Good. as the pandemic worsened and brands were feeling out how to adapt, Baby Nut and the Kool-Aid Man appeared in a now deleted commercial where they, and I shit you not, do a Zoom call wherein Baby Nut thanks Kool-Aid Man saying he owes him his life. Well, the mm. second one, at least. So this proves to me oh, that God. while not uncommon among his kind, as stated before, this is the first time that he has attempted such a regeneration. I also mm. wonder if the Kool-Aid man has something special about him that Mr. Peanut need to regenerate or if I've been like thinking about that a lot lately, actually. <laughs> yeah. Or if it was just his specific sadness energy that needed to push it over the edge. The weird thing about it is that I noticed during that commercial, the tear came from the glass mm -hmm. of the Kool-Aid man. Mm -hmm. So 
it had to just be condensation, right? <laughs> could be, could be. He did say, oh yeah, as it left his body, which is fucking crazy. That's terrifying. I um, don't like any of this. Like, and- <laughs> I, physically, like, I want to crawl out of my body right now because of how uncomfortable this entire situation is. This is an audio recording, but you can't really, you can't obviously see it, but on the call right now, Kate is just like Squirming, fucking winced yeah. up and like just so <laughs> tense right now. So this tear was what he needed to be pushed over the edge and be born anew. Uh, and with the world in crisis, grief energy must be at an all-time high based on what happened next. Um, from his Twitter, tomorrow is a big day. And while most of the world seems pretty big when you're a baby, tomorrow is actually going to be huge. So he is in control of, or at least aware of what was to happen. Mm. Uh, the grief energy was then cashed in or traded to some greater legume based uh, being to progress baby nut to his next form, that of a 21 year old man named Peanut Jr. This is more fucked up than Baby Nut somehow because he's yeah. like, I'm 21 now. <laughs> Are you insinuating here that they're taking advantage, like like Mr. Peanut or Peanut Jr. in this case, is taking advantage of the fact that like the world is figuratively and literally on fire right now. Like there's a global pandemic. He's Everybody is just again. expressing grief constantly. <laughs> and he is just this like fucking extra dimensional being that is on our plane of existence just feeding off of it and just using it to grow i get into that in my final paragraph good okay (laughs) continue continue peanut are neither of his real last names in any point of his life so mr peanut and baby nut and peanut jr don't make any fucking sense because his name is that long thing that i mentioned before Complicating matters, though, in this reveal on social media, Peanut Jr. shows a bartender his Class C driver's license, stating that his name is Peanut Jr. and that he is 150 pounds, placing him at a healthy for his height BMI of (laughs) 22.8. But, however, what is not healthy is that Peanut Jr. is going to a fucking bar during a pandemic without a mask after telling us and the Kool-Aid man to stay safe and stay inside. Uh, So on top of being an aberration and an affront to humanity, he's also a super spreader. And I bet that driver's license is probably from Michigan in that case. Uh, From here, (laughs) from here, Peanut Jr.'s story remains open ended. This tale is one that's currently being written, and we have yet to see if Mr. Peanut is some messianic figure sent here to absolve us of our grief or if he's here because of the grief or for some other dark purpose we're hitherto blissfully unaware of. But for now, this concludes all known lore on Mr. Peanut. So I have a question. Yes. Me too. Uh, I have a lot of questions. And I, I have been thinking about this for a while. Okay. Uh, straight up since you said I want to do Mr. Peanut on the show. I need you to explain this to me, given the boundaries of the lore that we've just established here. Sure. Because um, this is something I've been wondering about since I was maybe 10 years old. Okay. Uh, so when I was younger, my hometown, we had a parade. Mr. Peanut was there. Clearly, like... That was like, him imprinting on you. <laughs> right. So... <laughs> Here's the thing that I want to know about. Are there multiple Mr. Peanuts? Because that Mr. Peanut was clearly like a woman wearing high heels and like leg stockings. Okay, so I I do think that there are multiple Mr.'s Peanut. Um, There was a redesign that was claymation that was fucking abysmal uh, for a little while before he came back as like a like a a mixed like 2D, 3D kind of a, Mm -hmm. a thing. So I do think that there are a bunch of them there. I don't know why Peanut Butter Doug is Peanut Butter Doug. I don't know what his fucking deal is, but this Mr. Peanut had like straight up had the energy of like a fucking like burlesque performer, which <laughs> like, like 
that rules. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Like, great. Awesome. Like, Mr. Peanut is, a, like, is probably a good drag like routine. Like now that I'm oh, thinking yeah. of it. Um, yeah. <laughs> Another question, because I just have a lot of them right now. I know this is the most baffling character like in human history, in my opinion. So. Is he even a peanut? Or is he just taking the form of something that we recognize? I yeah, I <laughs> I think he just scanned our memories uh, and was just like, you know what? Everybody knows what a peanut is. Mm-hmm. This is what I like. That's just what our brain uh, perceives him as. He's four dimensional because if his name has nothing to do with peanut. Yeah. Pennywise like, is a clown. But like, what the fuck right. He's from? Like interstellar turtle space turtle yeah exactly he's from like he's fighting a cosmic turtle and like the thing is also there like but he's a clown when he comes here right so i think it like mr peanut is not as strong as pennywise because he can't like zoop he may be now (laughs) (laughs) yeah fuck kate's like we have to stop him (laughs) i've played a jrpg i know how this shit goes everybody stop crying stop it yeah (laughs) we need yeah we need to all suck it up and not cry ever again so that mr peanut withers and dies on the metaphorical vine yeah peanuts grow on vines anyway (laughs) um so that's that's basically it uh it's it's completely baffling and it's um made even worse because it is explicit like i was saying like it is it is he said his soul enters a new (laughs) shell (laughs) he's a fucking ray ayanami from goddamn evangelion the thing the things that i've learned about this show is the (laughs) worst things are the things that have answers yes yeah yes I yeah, am deeply it, disturbed right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Kate's going to do like the But Why Home podcast and just be like, yeah, anime. Yeah, sure. Uh. Yeah, no, like I'm, I'm picturing you like walking into your living room later and just like sitting down and like, your partner's like, you all right? Like, I, I, I can't do anything anymore. <laughs> like, oh, God. I'm also just like. What is Mr. Peanut? What if Mr. Peanut just like Mothman and Mr. Peanut mm. shows up at mm. tragic events to feed on grief and maybe Ooh. something bad that you have blocked from your memory actually happened at that? Yeah, festival. Cam, did a bridge collapse that day? <laughs> <laughs> did that Mr. Peanut have an ass that won't quit as well? Like, and, like somehow- <laughs> <laughs> and somehow Mothman is less scarier than Mr. Peanut at this yeah. point. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, clearly nothing bad happened that day because I remember it. So well, you you you? Re- you have a memory Ooh. of uh, Mr. Peanut is clearly beyond us. Um, and so I like I don't mean to like Blade Runner twenty forty nine you, but like, <laughs> how do you know that what you remember is is your actual memory? Right. One thing, like I had a startling revelation when I was grocery shopping a couple times ago, in that, um. Mr. Peanut is on all of their things. Baby Nut's not on any of their their stuff. Nut Junior's not on any of their merchandise uh, in, in, in stores. It's just Mr. Mm. Peanut. So I think he just, it like that hints at that they don't intend to keep it this way for long. He's going to go back to regular ass Mr. Peanut. But I feel like that also implies that they are afraid of him. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. Like they yeah, yeah, yeah. can't, like they, they, they don't want it any more than we do like he's no he has ascended past just being a representation of their brand yes and now now he is um he's creating a further global crisis by the over farming of cashews in california and shit like that oh Oh, no (laughs) save the bees fuck some fucking 
Well, I'm calling it there. <laughs> Fuck it. Kate, thank you so much for coming on today. I'm so sorry. And I'm sorry. <laughs> I was like, I would say thank you, but the way that ended, it's not leaving me. <laughs> Completely valid. Wholesome uh, nightmares. <laughs> uh, Kate, where can people find you on the internet? If Peanut doesn't get me first, you can find me. <laughs> you can find me at Oh My Mithrandir on Twitter. If you want to follow my work, head on over to ButWhyThoughPodcast.com. That's where all of my reviews. Of, that's where all of my reviews of video games, movies, TVs, manga, anime, literally freaking everything I do is over there. So you can get a better sense. And follow us at ButWhyThoughPC on Twitter. We do cool things, and hopefully won't be affected by the grief sucking nut. Grief sucking nut nut is the name of the episode. Thank you. (laughs) Uh, For real though, uh, you you guys should definitely go check out the why though. Um, Kate and everybody over there does really fucking awesome stuff. So please go support them. They're great. Well, if you have made it this far, thank you so much for listening. Um, If you want to support our silly shows, subscribing on whatever platform you're on and leaving us a rating would really help us out as well. Uh, If you liked whatever the hell this ended up being, because good fucking God, this one, um, check out the rest of the shows we do at some good shows on Twitter. You just might like those as well. Uh, You can find me on Twitter at the Camdy man. And you can find me on Twitter at at two headed giant. Thanks again for listening, everyone. And remember, everybody asks, where's the beef? But nobody asks, how's the beef? (laughs) 